Coming up, we're going to talk about black and white television. Test cards. We have test cards. How many? I I killed myself with that joke. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about G's uh, getting beat up and uh, not getting beat up. Road rage. Road rage. Being a young man and looking for trouble, looking yeah. for fights. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna. You know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about erotic behavior. Definitely. We're going to talk about what happens when you give uh, animals legal rights. They're not animals. They're Chinese people. <laughs> I killed Brody. I killed Brody. You got to blame Morrissey on that one, not me. Okay. <laughs> Look, who's the huge Morrissey fan here? All of us. Besides all of us. You. Yes. We talk with the king of TV, Paul Goble, about podcasting and television and being a king. How his... His nobility is is granted by divine right. We talk about Henry Winkler and how he's a nice guy. Hey! We talk about Pata. Am I saying that right? People for the ethical treatment of animals? <laughs> we do talk about Pata and how they make unnecessary Heitler references. Dude, I, I worked with a guy on the forest whose last name was Heitler, and we're pretty sure that their family changed that name in about 1941. <laughs> so tune in to find out... Who'd win in a fight between Paul Goble and a dude on a porch? On the Shaky Town Radio. The Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I sound like I'm in an echo chamber. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. No, Are you all right? No. I'm fine. Is that your is that your patented I sound like I'm high headphones? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I have the old headphones back after doing the last week's episode with Steph. After sullying my headphones with your yeah. earwax. Yeah. Your ear grease and my we're ear grease brothers now. <laughs> That's true. I haven't worn them yet, so technically we're not. Okay. We'll get um, on that. I'll get right on that. Um, uh, sitting down with us today is uh, is uh, Paul Goebel, uh, uh, the king of television. That's right. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. To see you, Paul. Good. How are you guys? We're doing well. Doing well. I decided that I want to be called the uh, Count Palatine of podcasting. Mm. That's nice title. <laughs> That's true. Is okay. that now, now your royal lineage? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's certainly been demonstrated over and over. You are the king of television, but. Uh, how, uh, how did you come by the title of the King of Television? It all started long ago when I, I used to be, I used to live in Chicago and I used to be on uh, the Jonathan Brandmeier show a lot. And I used to listen to it and he was very big in the Midwest. And, um, and he had this woman on who, who was the queen of TV trivia. And she, the Entertainment Weekly did an, uh, uh, an article about her. She had this website and this magazine called The TV Collector. And it was all about uh classic tv and retro stuff and they said she was the queen of tv and so johnny called her and had her on and she was like people were trying to stump her on tv trivia questions but she said i don't know anything about 70s television it's all 50s and 60s and i thought well that's kind of lame because 70s is when tv really exploded i was gonna say there was what like seven shows exactly there were three networks and uh you know and and there was no daytime tv and you know 
in the seventies is when the TV exploded, and then you know eighties and nineties, and then cable TV and all that. And she didn't know anything about cartoons either. And I thought, well, she really sucks, and she shouldn't call herself that. So I sent him a fax and said how much she sucks, and he thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so he would have us both on. You sent an indignant fax. Yes. That's the best way to get for you kids out at, at home listening. That's the best way to get on a radio show or a podcast. Send a fax because then they can read it at their leisure. Although people don't really have faxes. I guess you could send an email or a tweet. Um, but uh, he thought that was hilarious. So he would have us both on at the same time. And people would call up and try to stump us. And she was like a witch. She was really evil and insulting. And so we would like yell at each other back and forth and call each other names. And he, and it was great radio for John. He thought it was hysterical. And I was, of course, playing along and I thought it was funny. She, I don't think, was in on the joke. <laughs> so she was serious. Yeah, I think she was really mad. And at one point she gave her phone number out <laughs> on the air, which was a bad idea. And people would call her and crank her. That and, can't possibly be a, be, a, be a good idea. Yeah, it was. I couldn't believe when she did it. But uh, but it was fun, and then uh, you know, and then I, I started to make an act around it, and then uh, you know, around uh, 2000 is when I won the TV Land's Ultimate Fan Search, and that was kind of like a legitimate that legitimized the whole thing. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I talk a lot of shit about TV, but look, now I want a car and seven that was TVs. You pulling the, the the proverbial sword from the stone. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what I was if, to get if, it to yeah. Be. Divine right. I mean, you know, Marge that's the bottom ruled, line. Ruled by divine. So what, here's what I'm trying to think of. So what is 50s TV trivia? How many feathers are in the Indian on the test card that shows up from? Yeah, it was all like black and white shows, and she, I, I, you know, I'll admit she knew a lot about westerns and black and white shows and stuff. But you know, when it uh, when it came time to wel- you welcome back Cotter and Happy Days and Scooby Doo, she she didn't even bother answering. Right, right, so right. I was like, yeah, you kind of suck. And uh, I think she still has a website somewhere, TV Collector. I don't know. But she stopped publishing her magazine. You can't get that anymore. I don't know what she does. But I went on to great fame and fortune. That's true. This is true. Hence hence being interviewed with uh, by, by uh, right. such august bodies as Shaky uh, Town Radio. <laughs> Pinnacled here <laughs> no, today. No, totally. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, that's the thing. is I just, you know, I, we want to make sure that we want the, the legitimacy yes. of your rule. Like, and people always, you know, people whenever they do articles about me or uh, uh, online stuff, people will always say the self-proclaimed king of TV. And, you know, maybe that used to be true. But, you know, since I started doing that, you know, TV Land – you know, the TV land, the repository for uh, TV trivia, right. you know. Has, Black and white and color. Exactly. I am. They never did an, uh, uh, an ultimate fan search after mine. They did two, and mine was the last one. So I am by default the ultimate fan right. for TV land. And then when, you know, Comedy Central did Beat the Geeks, I was the first guy they came to. Uh, you know, they replaced uh, the music geek over and over again, and you know, and uh, they had to go on a hunt for a good I hear movie. Those wear geek. out, I yeah, they do. Out. They do really quick. They're like transmissions on an oil rig. So did they? So they did two ultimate fan searches. Mm-hmm. Did they? Did they? Uh, uh, retroactively rename that fan the penultimate fan, the first <laughs> one? Uh, well, he became the first fan, Malcolm Bondin, who, oddly enough, was uh, from the same town I was from in Flint, Michigan. In fact, when he when he won, I, like, looked up his email and I sent him, I was like, hey, man, the ultimate fan search is real cool. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan. And he, and he remembered me from when we were kids. 
and we used to go to uh, this special school on Fridays for like super smart kids. Um, and he would, and that's like how great his memory was. He was that kind of guy. Uh-huh. And I don't remember. I have no memory of him whatsoever. But I was, you know, whatever. And then when you won, then when you won, he was probably like, "I should have killed him when I had the chance." <laughs> well, he was the judge. He became the the uh, judge on the second. Uh, if there was any controversy, he he was the go to guy right. in our thing. So I was like, "Oh, I can't wait for the third year because then I'll be the judge and I'll get to come back, or maybe I'll get to host it." And no, not so much. There wasn't another. There was no third year. But I got to meet Chuck Woolery. Dude, and that was nice. And that I got the great. Me. The great thing was, you know, it, it was like a, a tournament. So they flew a bunch of people out, and it was like, hey, you're, you know, here's here you go. You're in a hotel. Your ticket. Uh, you're gonna fly home in two days. Well, then of course I keep winning, and they're like, okay, your your ticket. Here's your ticket for tomorrow. And I keep winning. And I keep winning. So like, for, they give you a five hundred dollar per diem. So the people who are there for one or two days. They living it up. You know, right, living right. the big time in New York. I'm there for five days. <laughs> nice. So at the end of the third day, my per diem's gone. I've got no money. I'm eating at the bar. You know, the happy hour pretzels <laughs> right. at the bar. And I got no. I'm eating at McDonald's every day. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm a winner, but I got no money now. <laughs> and uh, but it was, but it. Was was a blast because they put us up for five days. and then going back to shoot stuff for the because i got to host my own hour once a week on tv land and that was awesome so going back to shoot stuff was really nice they flew me first class there and back and put me up in a great hotel and you know and the, this is one of my favorite things when i went back to shoot stuff i stayed at the marriott marquis which is this awesome hotel downtown in Manhattan. It even has a theater, like a Broadway theater. Oh, wow. It's not on Broadway, but it has a theater in the hotel. So I go to check in, and it's really early in the morning, like 3 in the morning. I get there, and I go to check in, and I say to the guy, uh, you know, I'm checking in whatever, and he goes, okay, Mr. Goble, I just need your uh, – oh, nope, we're all set. And I go, you don't need my credit card? He goes, nope, you're all set. I go, so I can order room service and make phone calls and everything, and that's all paid for. And he goes, you're all set, sir. And I was like, fuck yes. And it was right around 2000. It was right during the election, you know, the big Gore-Bush election when all the shit hit the fan. So I go up in my room, and I was like – and I had brought some videotapes with me. But I'm like, hey, do you guys supply VCRs for the room? And the guy's like, yes, but um, they're VCR TV combos, and that's all we have, and they're $500 a night. And I went, send it up. So I had I had one I had one TV I was watching the election with the sound down, and then the other TV I was watching videotapes that I brought with me while eating room service and nice. calling people from the phone. It was awesome. Yeah, and they paid for the whole and then I find out the reason they're not doing this third year of the ultimate fan search <laughs> is because it costs too much money. <laughs> nice. One may say you were living like a king. I was in fact living the dream. It was it was a great thing. It was great. And then you know, and then Comedy Central came calling and I did two seasons on that show. And the great thing about that is, you know, it was fun for a while and I got recognized and I, I got all the perks and it was great. And then, you know, that was you know, this is like ten years ago that that happened. Uh, because we shot our first episode on nine twelve, <laughs> right? Yeah, the day yeah. after nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a somber day. Actually, we, the first the first two episodes we shot on nine ten, and the the next three episodes we shot on nine twelve. So it happened right between those times. So that was kind of rough. But um, <laughs> but now uh, there's like a resurgence of kids who are like in their twenties who are starting to recognize me. Almost like a retro thing because now they're they were kids they were like fourteen and fifteen when Beat the Geeks was on right, right. and now they're graduated and out in the world and they have jobs and so I'll go someplace I'll go to a, a movie or go to a restaurant and someone will say are you the TV geek from Comedy Central the best was 
I went and saw Ringo Starr's All Star Band, and if you listen to my show, you know that every word in that, except for Ringo, is a exaggeration. <laughs> um, it was it wasn't the greatest show, but there were free tickets near box seats, so it was fun. But then the people in the box next to me, I see the guy recognize me. I see him look at me and whisper to his friends, and he goes, "Hey, uh, aren't you from that show on MTV?" <laughs> I go, "Yep, that's me." He says, you're the genius, right? I go, that's me, the genius from MTV. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, you know everything. Yeah, everything. I know it all. <laughs> and that's the kind of recognition I get now, which is kind of funny. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's hitting on about two cylinders. But, but that's yeah, close it's, enough. It's, exactly. It's close <laughs> enough. That's all I care about. Yeah. You've also talked about on your show that you have a, a short but significant role in Not Another Teen Movie. That's right. Wherein you uh, masturbate upon somebody. French fries. French toast. French toast. Or freedom toast. Uh, And this happened very recently. I uh, I went to audition for a game show with Saks Carr. And uh, because for a long time I couldn't be on any game shows because I would get in and they go, "Uh, TV geek, no, get out of here. (laughs) And I would know the writers or whatever. So I wouldn't be be eligible. So, But me and Saks go audition for this game show uh, that I think we'd be good at. And there's a bunch of people in a room. And so we get into the, the next level room. And these two kids are like, what have you been on? I know I recognize you from something. And I go, well, uh, I was in your favorite movie. And they go, what? What's that? And I go, not another teen movie. And the girl goes, that is my favorite movie. I said, I know it is. And she, and she goes, what, what, who were you? And I said, well, I was in the scene uh, at the end when they do a musical number. And I say, I, I'm the chef. And I turn around and say, and she goes, I just jizzed in your French toast. And I said, yep, that's, that's what I say. That's me. And then she looked it up on her phone and he's like oh i just jerked off on your french toast that's it so yeah people right kid (laughs) people what is up with kids today i don't know why they think that's so great i don't well but no not not the jizz part because i think that's hilarious i I like (laughs) the team movie myself but um it used to be you know you you were precise about when you repeated stuff back you know i think there's Mm -hmm. there's a you know it's like Monty Python films or sketches. It's like, you know, if somebody said something wrong, you were like on them. At least you had to be consistent. I remember when I was in high school, me and uh, Jim, my co-host and best friend Jim Bruce, and our other friend Aaron, we went to see Larry Bud Melman. In this concert. Is in Tucson, Arizona. Yes, in Tucson, Arizona. He was coming. He was doing a little tour, and he was like at a little in a little room uh, at the University of Arizona, and it probably held less than a hundred people. And it was like a college tour, but it was Larry Budd reading cue cards, doing exactly what he did on Letterman. But I was like, we got to go see this. So we got tickets, and uh, we were basically sneaking in because it was like a college event. you know. But uh, it was awesome. And before the show, everybody's kind of you know, looking at each other and sizing each other up. And at one point, people start saying lines from Letterman. And, 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 and someone yells, and remember, Mr. Melman is not a lawyer. But on the show, they had just said he had just passed the bar, so he was a lawyer. So I was like, no, 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 he is a lawyer. He is, remember? <laughs> he passed the bar. And I was like, yeah, but they're just saying it. It's okay to say it. They're just repeating the line. But that was when I, I thought first, yeah, that's how people, you got to be exact yeah. with stuff like that. And that, and I don't know, yeah, kids today, they're just like, oh, it's like that guy. <laughs> that's what they say. Oh, yeah. that's my kids do that all the time. Oh, it's like that guy. My favorite is one time we were watching Medium, and uh, my daughter comes in and goes, "What's the name of this show?" Middle. 
It's, you know what? It's got to be the internet. It's making them senile early. That is something that someone in their 70s would say. Right? I like that show. Uh, what's that show? What the, um, oh, you know, the girl. The, um, it's mi- the middle show. The middle? Yeah. Because if you put something almost correct in a search engine, <laughs> right. they'll say, did you mean? Did you mean? Close enough. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah and that's what they always say. And they're always like, oh, close it enough. It has that Rosanna Arquette in it, doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't that the show with David Arquette? <laughs> right, right. Uh, they don't know. Kids, what kids, are you going to do? Kids, kids and old people. They're always stupid. We are totally stupid. I'll give you a perfect example. My mom came to visit the uh, a few months ago, and she sat in uh, one of Brooke's antique chairs and broke it. <laughs> and so then last week, uh, Gracie sat in one of the, ch- the other chairs and broke that one. And so we sat down and had to talk about it. And I was like, look, you know, that's not okay. She goes, how come grandma didn't get punished? <laughs> and I'm like, well, grandma's been, have, has, has had enough punishment in her she, life. She has to live with a lifetime of regrets. Exactly. <laughs> I'm her son. That's her punishment. <laughs> and my punishment is you're my daughter. <laughs> and the circle continues. And the circle oh, will be unbroken. True. Oh, it's yeah. true. I always say, you know, my mom grew up with, you know, my dad and her two sons. And we, you know, we were pretty shitty to her. So now, my brother, being a lifelong bachelor, he will never have kids or a wife. I have not only a a wife and two daughters, but now she's an ex-wife and I have a girlfriend. So it's not, you know, I'm, all the sins that we exacted on my mom are now coming back to me. And I have to relive that. So I say to my daughters, I say to both of them, you're going to have all boys and you're going (laughs) to see what it's like. (laughs) Unless they're lesbians. Which, you know. Hopefully they will be. But then, that doesn't preclude children. No, that's true. It just makes it slightly that be easy? logistically I, complicated. I almost think that, you know, if I have daughters, then if they're lesbians, then I don't have to, like, freak out, like, every time they bring a guy Yeah, home. that's what I'm, I'm, that's why I'm hoping that one of them will be a lesbian, because then I know that I don't have to worry about any crazy boy stuff. And also, it's easier to raise a kid with someone of your own. Of the same sex, I think. But you might have to. You might have to uh, worry about crazy boys don't cry stuff. What is, I don't. Oh, oh, like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they act, when they dress like a dude. Yeah, yeah. T- taping the boobs down and leave town and then get raped. Yeah, yeah. I, I will worry about that. Yeah. Right. Well, I, that's the thing is, I just I never realized you know until um, I had you know a, a daughter how much you can worry about stuff like that. I don't worry about things. But but my wife is a, is the extra worry wart in the, the equation. But man, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. I mean, it's it's in one way it's good because you know as the dad you're exempt from all period talks and sex talks and stuff like that. The mom is, is the default right, right. go to for that, um, which is nice. But you know, in the same way, like I, I gave them a big speech because now that you know we're divorced, their mom is like. Uh, you know, trying to be their sister and, hey, we're all girlfriends and let's all be go get Jambas together and shop. And I told them the other day, I was like, look, that's I'm not your mom. I don't want to be your sister or your best friend. I'm your dad. I don't want to talk to you about boys. I am going to keep you away from boys is what I'm going to do. That's my job. I'm the goalie. Exactly. I'm so the, I'm your professional cock blocker. Yeah. As much as I want to have fun with you, I'd much rather be the worst person in the world if that means keeping you safe. Yeah. Right. And if your mom wants to be, you know, your your girlfriend, then that's fine. That's, that's up to her because she can't do anything about that stuff anyways. So, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, they're in fucking fifth and, uh, 
seventh grade now. So there's all kinds of boy drama. Oh, criminy. Yeah. And I know we've talked about, Paul, just how much that stuff is magnified now because of social networking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Zoe wanted to go on Facebook. And I was like, oh, well, she can't be my friend on Facebook. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> See all the cra- the fucking sick shit I post. Yeah. That is un- unacceptable. What I say, not what I do. <laughs> yeah. So I looked. I was like, well, what is? How, how can I get around this? And it said you have to be 14. Like, that's the rules of Facebook yeah, yeah, 14. Yeah. Not like anyone follows it. But I told her, sorry, you got to be 14 to go on Facebook. There was a rule. So we got around that. But she has, you know, she has a phone now. And she can text. And, you know, we we never had phones. And, you know, we never she texts her friends all the time. We got them little laptops, you know. And they Skype their friends all the time. Dude. And I now have to, now I have to, like, every couple weeks, basically nosy get nosy on their computers and see what kind of websites they've gone to and stuff that's that's the way it is it's the way yeah. it has to be yeah you have to be you have to be the it security for your own family <laughs> i've been contemplating that already and matilda's not even out of diapers yeah <clears throat> yeah it's i mean it sucks i uh, you know i'm not gonna lie to them yes i'm violating your privacy sorry <laughs> you have no privacy as a child i think the expectation that you have privacy is is you do not have basic human rights. I no, mean, it's no. pretty much. What about like a, a written diary? You both have daughters, and a lot of. Uh, you know, I, I mean, guys journal too, but I think diaries. Yeah, in if it was well, if it was uh, written down and it was just in one place, and like you know, the only way you could read it is to open it up and read it. I would only open it and read it if I felt like it was an emergency. Yeah. If I thought like there was like, you know, it, like if she was keeping a secret from me that I felt I needed, like maybe something happened at school and I knew it, but she wouldn't tell me what it was, then I might go ahead and break into her diary and read it. But as long as it's something that only she can see or show to someone on purpose, that's fine. Like, sh- you know, the internet shit happens old, by accident. Yeah, that's old, that's old fashioned kind of, I mean, yeah, I think it's just exacerbated. It's just completely ridiculous. You know, yeah. a single, a single misplaced email address. Yeah. And yeah. fuck up your shit hardcore. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, like this, you write something down, it's not there forever. You know, it can be destroyed. You put something on the internet, you're done. It's yeah. there. There are pictures of me on the internet now that I wish there weren't. You know, and every once in a while, someone will email me a picture, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" There's pictures of me on the internet that people think are me and aren't me. <laughs> and are I, yeah, I'm like, "Well, there's one. Somebody put one. It was like a band at Comic Con, and it's just this fat guy, fat naked guy on stage singing, kind of looked like me, but he had a he had a big tattoo on his chest, which I don't have. But I posted it and said it was me as a joke. I was yeah. like, hey, "Check it out. Come see me at Comic Con." But I'm sure people looked at that and went, "Is that Paul Goval?" Like, there was this, when Sarah Palin was on Leno, they did this skit at the beginning of the show, and uh, the cue card guy, it was named Paul, and he's this fat guy with a pompadour, and someone said, hey, do you work on Leno? And I was like, fuck, no, I don't work for Leno, and they're like, well, check out this clip, and like, the opening clip, Leno goes, hey, Paul, are the cue cards ready? And the guy, he kind of looked like me, he's maybe 50 pounds heavier, but I was like, holy shit, and I had to tell people, that ain't me, man, and at it's weird that people think that shit that happens. Yeah, I, I think yes, fat white guys all kind of look alike, and, and <laughs> yeah. it's you know, yeah, it's like oh, this guy's got a mustache, this guy's got a pompadour, right, or whatever, right, right. whatever the difference is. I also there was um, I remember there was a post on some bear website about <laughs> it's like called bearmythology.com dot com, and it was like when uh, that wrestling movie I did came out on DVD, someone posted a clip from it, like all the bears. 
I guess I'm very popular amongst the bear community. Which, which wrestling movie? It was called Sweets. Sweets. Okay. That was the original title. I did it with uh, Graham Elwood. Okay. And uh, it was it was fun and it was pretty funny, but I was much heavier then. And there's a lot of shots of me in my tidy whiteies yeah. running around wrestling and stuff. So I'm sure all the bears were crazy about that. <laughs> or bear chasers, as they're called, or whatever. And as someone said, I, I, I read to the post, and someone was like, I don't know if he's gay, but he's awfully cute. And I posted, well, I'm not gay, but I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> and that got a flood of responses. <laughs> now, it seems like people also see, saw, thought they saw you on Last Comic Standing this season. That's right. That's right. Because uh, there was this, uh, it's this comedy duo who I've actually seen, these two Italian guys. And one of them, like, he does the full-on jersey thing. Oh. And he yeah. wears like a Tony Soprano shirt and a big, big pompadour. And he's really, really fat. He's probably about 100 pounds fatter than me. But he, I guess they made it to the, to the, the nighttime show. They weren't doing, shown doing comedy, but they were shown on stage and they showed them in line. Because right. I saw, I watched the first episode, but I mean, I'll say those, I've seen those guys and they are no good. <laughs> They're really bad. They're like touring comics. I'm sure, I'm sure clubs <laughs> in the Midwest love those guys, but uh, they, they did a rap. Uh, so just put it that way. They did an, an, an Italian we, rap song. We, we have a very, very long and checkered past with the... Dealing with the Italian rap songs. Yes. Yeah. Joe Pesci. Uh, Joe Pesci rap. I'm a wise oh, guy. There you go. So, yeah, it was sad. But that that wasn't, no, that wasn't me. So they, but, weren't, they weren't elevating the the, the Goomba rap uh, above its Horrible. And, it's, and also, it's like slow. It's like, we're Italiano, macchiato. It's like that right. slow. So <laughs> not only is it not funny and hacky, but it's boring. I mean, I remember, I was doing. I remember when we were in college in the '80s doing comedy. I was doing. I did a rap to make fun of other people rapping. My rap was about how you're weak if you do a rap, and it was awesome because then other people would go up and go, "Oh, I can't do my rap now because you just <laughs> did that. I can't do my hilarious rap song." And it was that was. <laughs> do you remember that, that genre of of music that was um, '80s and to some extent '90s? Movie in credit sequence raps that wrapped the plot of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, uh, that Robert Townsend movie. What was a Hollywood oh, Shuffle? Shuffle yeah. yeah, that was the the whole ending was that, <laughs> and Dom Herrera and all kinds of people doing their crazy rap song. Ugh. See, that I think is a little more legitimate. Legit, as they say in the rap trade. Right, right, right. <laughs> but then, like, and, you know, Bobby Brown doing the Ghostbusters 2 thing at the... That's true. <laughs> they tried to battle Vigo, the master of evil. Tried to battle my boys? That's not regal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh right. awful, I, awful bullshit. I yeah. forgot about that. Oh, but, man. At least Will Smith, when he did his movie-style raps, uh, he, he kept it a little more artistically oriented. I mean, you talked about Wild Wild West, but did he get into the? He didn't get into the plot, if I recall. But he did with Men in Black, didn't did he? he? Oh yeah, I oh. think I think he did. Oh, boo! <laughs> I saw. I forgot what show it was. Maybe you can help me with this, Paul. I don't know if it was. I don't know a lot about the. Not if it's a black and white show. <laughs> I feel like it was Wise Guy or Prophet. I like somebody had a gag reel one season where they did like a parody of one of those raps and like. Oh wow. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was Prophet because Adrian Pazdar because Ken Wall is not a very funny dude but Adrian Pazdar is a pretty <laughs> funny guy. 
I've heard about shit like that. You know what I just read? Speaking of Adrian Pazdar, uh, I read that if they were going to do another Heroes, like one last season, they were going to kill everybody off week by week. Oh, wow. One week, uh, every week, somebody on the show would die a bloody death. Wasn't that what they promised to do on like Voyager and never pulled the trigger on? I remember, I remember Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, Star Trek Voyager. I, I seem to. I never watched the show, so ha. ha. Uh, <laughs> but I seem to recall the promos being like every week someone is going to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they only killed off. I think they only killed off one person, and she just died of old age. So that was it. <laughs> but they did do that on Voyagers with John Eric Hexum. Remember, oh. he blew his brains out with a fake gun. gun. <laughs> so there you go. Let's see if there's one in here for me. I heard that's the famous last words of John Eric Hexum. Oh yeah. Jeez. His, yeah. his girlfriend was, at the time tur- was, turned out there was turned out there was his girlfriend was Dottie from the Pee Wee movie. Um, and she's the voice of oh, Tommy e. Pickles. E.G. Daly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the voice of Babe in the first movie. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. And she showed her boobs in uh, Valley Girl. That's right. Her oh, best yeah. role. Her How's best that role. <laughs> That's right. If you ever want to see Babes or Tommy Pickles boobs, rent Valley Girl. They're pretty nice, too. <laughs> well, that, they were that's, awesome. That's what, 30 years ago? Well, yeah. Do you know uh, that the actual Valley Girl, she's uh, a teacher now, I think, at USC or UCLA. She And she's like a yoga uh, instructor, but she does it like through the university. And what about the guy from that movie, the punk rock guy? What's he doing? Uh, I think he had got a bunch of comic books, but then he had to sell them all. Oh, really? He lost his house. Oh, that's too bad. He yeah. had money problems. Yeah. I wonder what happened with that. That's too bad. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video of Nick Cage, the the, the Family Man? I want that cake cartoon. <laughs> I showed it to my kids today, and it's really hilarious. It's someone took the little interchange between him and Tia Leone talking about cake from Family Man, and just mashed it up and then animated it. <laughs> so it's him going, I want that cake. And she goes, you want this cake? I want that cake. Ta-da! I want that cake. And it's really funny. <laughs> if, if you go on the, the YouTube, as the, as the kids say, you can find it. In the internet. Yeah, we'll put up a link on the blog. The internet sure. biz. It's, it's a, yeah, I show that crap to my kids all the time. Sometimes we just for hours watch funny videos of talking cats and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> they love it. They think it's hysterical. Yeah. We're not quite there yet with Matilda. She'll love it though. Although the talk, speaking of uh, the Talking Tom app on the iPhone, she she enjoys that considerably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she can talk to it and then it, it repeats back what she says. Yeah, that's an awesome thing. Like my, <clears throat> I remember when I would you know be on the computer, and uh, Zoe would sit on my lap, and you know the computer would make sounds, mm-hmm. and and some of the sounds would be a sound clip or a wave of something, and she would repeat it back. Yeah. Like whenever I, sometimes if I would minimize a window, it was Goober from Andy Griffith going, Judy, 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 Judy. And so as he would say that, and she would go, Judy, 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 Judy. <laughs> and like her first words were like, wah, 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 and a <laughs> and stuff like that. Nice. So she would just repeat that stuff back. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what, um, well, first off, I'm trying to curse a little fucking less. Yeah. Um, but second off, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what hilarious thing I want my baby to say. You know, like that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's always fun. Because I met another mom uh, who did the same thing when she was teaching her son to talk. She was like, what does Fonzie say? Hey, the best thing that ever happened was when we met Gary Marshall <laughs> uh, at the Toluca Lake, you know, open house every Christmas. He's there at his theater and with Santa Claus. And we're in line to see Santa Claus. And she must have been like five or something. And he came out. And I like freaked. I was like, holy shit, there's the guy who invented Laverne and Shirley. What do I say to him? 
And luckily Zoe was there. So I was like, Zoe, Zoe, tell Mr. Marshall what Fonzie says. And his little five-year-old goes, hey. And he goes, that's right. Merry Christmas. It was great. It was a great I like movie. how he invented Laverne and Shirley. Like he was, like he, like he, 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 was a, he was in a lab coat. Yeah, in his laboratory. Tests, like experiment number 47, you know. It's like, well, he had already invented Happy Days right, right, and right. then it spilled. And he was <laughs> cleaning it up and was like, hey, what's this? He found a Petri dish like a right. week later. Oh, like, look at this. Laverne and Shirley in here. <laughs> they work this in a is, bottling plant. Ah, oh, put my sister in this one. This is a great idea. <laughs> and then, you know, um, one of my favorite mo- the kids' favorite movies growing up was Hocus Pocus, you know, with Bette Midler. And Gary Marshall has a big part in that. And he's really funny. And the kids used to watch it constantly. And then one day he went to my kid's school for like principal for a day. And he was there, and my, and my daughter's like, that's the guy from Hocus Pocus. And he said, did you guys see me in Hocus Pocus? Yes, that was me. It was, she was like, she came home, the guy from Hocus Pocus. It was awesome. Nice. And I see him all the time at Moe's and stuff. That's one of the great things about living in Burbank. You see people like that yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw an, on, on consecutive occasions, or different occasions, I should say, I saw Rip Taylor at uh, Patty's, and I saw Ed Asner at Patty's. It's nice. really easy to find Rick Taylor, though. You just follow the line. The tra- the, <laughs> like Hansel and Gretel. It is totally. <laughs> goes right to him. <laughs> totally. Well, you know, it's like piles, though. Sometimes they're pretty far apart, especially if he's driving. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to be careful, because you, you say hi to him, and it's like a 20-minute thing. Oh, hi, are you a fan? Oh, I'm fucking. <laughs> yeah, totally. yes, I just saying Gong Show was great. That's all I wanted to say. Is, <laughs> just, let me just my walking breakfast. away now. Leaving. Well, I remember when uh, uh, I had uh, when Up came out. I called Ed Asner because I had had his number for his office, and I was just like, I thought it was the greatest, you know. I just seen it, so I called him. I just wanted to leave a message saying, "Boy, Up was really good. Congratulations!" And he picked up the phone, and I was like, "Oh, oh, hi! I don't mean to bother you, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to say I saw Up." And he was like, "Oh, who are you?" I'm like, oh, my name is Paul, and I got your number from this, and I had asked you to do a show, and it didn't work out, but I'm mainly just calling because I thought up was like, oh, you liked it? Good. Do you have children? Yes, I have two daughters, and they love, oh, good, good. How old are they? And he was really interested in it, and he was really cool. A guy, he's a million years old, but he's sharp as a tack, man. Yeah. It was, uh, and you know, talk about a legacy on TV, that oh, totally. fucking guy. That yeah, was, yeah. he was cool. Uh, I, yeah, I think we've talked about this general Celebrity sighting thing in the past, have we not? Yeah, we talked about you running into Sammy Sam Davis Jr. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But it's funny. It's it's because I'm very low key about that sort of thing. I'm like, yeah. I can't. You know, I have this. this but thing. oh, here's a tip for you. You'll find now that you have a kid, it's a great way to <laughs> approach celebrities. Right, right. One time, I was uh, just getting coffee with my daughter, and she was like four or five at the time, and I saw Kevin Smith and his kid oh, right, and right. his wife. Right. And she's about the same age as Zoe. And I knew... His wife? Jesus. Yeah, he likes him young. <laughs> but I was like, but you know, I recognized his wife mainly because she was super hot. And I, I'm not a big Kevin Smith fan, but I, he's wearing a hockey jersey and a baseball hat backwards. I figured it had to be him. <laughs> but his daughter, you know, I, I had heard he named her Harley Quinn and all. I was sure. like, oh. So I was like, hey... I was like, Zoe, look at that girl. She has ballet shoes on. Do you like him? She's like, yeah, go here. Let's go talk to him. <laughs> so Dude. so they, I get them to talk to each other. So it's like, oh. And he, I had heard he he was a fan of Beat the Geek. So I, he recognized me. And, of course, I recognized him. And I was like, I, I, I like your work. Oh, that's good. Because it's almost like, uh, oh, and by the way, I'm a fan. My I right. enjoy what you do. At one time, the dude from, uh, I was getting the kid's haircut at Supercuts. 
and uh, the dude from uh, Veronica Mars and um, Ned's Declassified Guide to Junior High. He was Gordy on that, and then he was, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he was uh, the lawyer on Veronica Mars, and he's really funny, and he's really good, and he walks in, and I go, girls, look, it's Gordy from, from Ned's Declassified. And they're like, oh, hi. And he's like, so what are you, what are you up to? Because he recognized me. I was like, ah, nothing, but you're famous. <laughs> uh, but I just told him, I was like, yeah, I loved you so much. And he was just on Party Down, I guess. I watched that on a plane. He was hilarious. Is it Darren Norris? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. What was he in Party Down? Um, he was just on one episode where he was trying to bilk people. It was the first oh, season. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. He's really good. But he was, I loved him on Veronica Mars. I always, you remember him as their lawyer? Yes, yeah, see, I didn't see Veronica. Oh, he was, the, he was, he was a recurring, but he was their lawyer. Sure. And he was kind of smarmy, scumbag lawyer, but he was good at what he did. And I always thought the great, because I used to write this thing for TV Squad spinoffs, that will never happen. And I thought it would be great to have him and Ken Marino's character, because Marino was like their uh, rival private detective, Vinnie Van Lowe, and he was a total scumbag, but he was hilarious. <laughs> and I thought, that's the spinoff. It's it's those, the lawyer and the the private detective team up, and they get their own show. I was like, that's a fucking show. And I, the other one I came up with was, uh, um, oh, fuck, what was uh, Henry Winkler's character from uh, Arrested Development? Oh, uh, not Bob Blah Blah. That's yeah. Scott Barry's Bear, character. Yeah, Barry, uh, Barry Zuckercorn. Barry Zuckercorn. So I thought <laughs> it was Zuckercorn and Blah Blah, attorneys at law. <laughs> that It's like a legal drama with nice. two of the worst lawyers <laughs> ever. I thought that would be a great show. It'd be like the incompetent Boston legal. <laughs> exactly. They're crazy and they lose every case. <laughs> Winkler's, Winkler's been getting a lot of work lately. He's yeah. all over. He was, yeah. he was a regular on uh, Royal Pains sure. this last season sure. and... He's on Children's Hospital. Yeah, I just saw him on Children's Hospital. Yeah, they, it's funny because anytime because he's a huge idol of mine, and I've never I've yet to meet him. But any every time I have a conversation with anyone who met him, the first thing out of their mouth is such a nice guy, right. the yeah. nicest guy ever, and everyone talks about how he's the nicest right. guy in yeah. the world. And it's funny. And I heard, you know, I, I think I think if anyone asks me about Henry Winkler, the first, if I ever get to meet him, if anyone asks me about it, first thing I'm going to say is. He was eating a baby. <laughs> dude, right there in front of you. What Great guy, dick. but dude, he was eating a Total baby. Total dick. Yeah. A live baby. Was, he wasn't even dead. <laughs> he's got, I mean, how can he He's the coolest. The best thing I ever saw, I remember when I was a kid, I, and I was watching Kids Are People too. You guys uh-huh. remember that show? Do, do, was, right, it was the national version of Wonderama, the network version of Wonderama. Okay. And Henry Winkler was the guest, and he used to do, they used to go out in the audience and get questions from the kids. And, and for whatever reason, Winkler said, I'm going to go too. And he grabbed the mic and also went out there to get his own questions for himself. And this little black girl stands up. She couldn't have been more than three years old. And he says, do you have a question? And she says to him, can you change the whole world? Because <laughs> she thought he was fond. Sure. Yeah. She thought he could hit like racists uh-huh. and hit the UN and, you know, hit the president's desk and everything would be perfect. And I was like, wow, what is, what is he going to say? And he goes, you know what? I wish I could, but unfortunately, it's up to all of us to change the world. I was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> right. How, this is perfect. He really is the Fonz. He can do anything. <laughs> and I mean, I, that it was such a seminal moment, moment for me. And every, anytime I see him on a talk show or just being, you know, being interviewed, he's, it, it, I don't know, he's so... Like, just perfect. He's so zen. He knows the exact right thing to say and how to say it. And he's fucking... I remember when I saw him on The View once 
when Louis C.K. was on. <laughs> and it was when his first show on HBO was coming out. And he and uh, Barbara Walters was talking about how she was offended by the whole show. And, and Louis C.K. is like, yeah, it is awesome. He was down with it. He loved that it was that she found it offensive. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> yeah, and he thought it was brilliant. But then Henry Winkler was the next guest. And they asked him, so what do you think about the show? And he's like, well, I've never seen it. But, you know, he, of course, has the right. I would never censor anybody's work. I was like, that's fucking right, because you're the Fonz. The Fonz would never do that. The Fonz would say, this is not cool, but I support your right to say it. (laughs) Is what the Fonz would fucking say. That's right. Then he would make out with Pinky Tuscadero. Oh, man. I hear she's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Didn't she, like, have a tick after someone with a shotgun or something? Yeah, someone's... Sounds like my kind of girl. Yeah, yeah. Someone's car alarm was going off, and she went and shot up their car in the, in oh. her neighborhood. Well, and it was justified. I've always wanted to do that. How many times have you, like, like in a movie theater? If I, I always hope that the person on their phone in a movie theater is close enough to me so I can grab their phone and chuck it. <laughs> I remember one time, I, usually it's at a shitty movie, so I don't really get that mad. And I was at a movie with my kids. I think it was a Bratz movie. <laughs> but this woman's phone rang, which is bad enough. And then she picks it up and starts talking on yeah, it yeah. in a normal voice. And I was like, hey. I yelled, be quiet. But if fucking, you know, if someone's phone rings. Like, if, you know, I got a new phone where it's like a big screen now, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, like, looked at it the other day at the theater. And Brooke, like, elbows me. She's like, turn that shit off because it's huge yeah, and bright. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sorry. But, you know, that distracts me a lot. But if it, I usually give people a couple seconds to get their shit together. But, I mean, what would you guys do if you were at a movie and not with me, but like you were in the same theater as me and you saw me grab someone's phone and chuck it across the theater? What would you do if if you didn't know me? If If the phone had gone off and stuff? Yeah. Oh, I'd probably clap. Yeah, if it it had been a commotion, if there had been something going on and... Yeah, I would. I would at least sit there smugly and go, "Fuck yes." Now, what would you do if you knew me and were there at the theater with me, and I did that? Get ready for a fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. You'd be getting ready. That's to jump good. In. Oh, you. You obviously did listen to the New Orleans episode. No, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much. It's pretty much like someone in the party gets ready to throw down. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Oh, good. Cir- circle the oh, wagons. Because I asked John Nelson that same question once, and he said, "Well, if I didn't know you, I'd, I'd." clap and be happy if i did know you i'd be embarrassed i would be embarrassed oh no 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 <laughs> doubt no doubt i would probably be mortified but but you'd have my back oh hell yes hell okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I Good was, to know. no question no question john nelson's a mutual friend of mine and paul's and i was actually in the car with him once when he didn't stop quite soon enough in a crosswalk and oh yeah the brakes and the guy was crossing the, crosswalk. Walk here, pal. the guy like hits his car oh his yeah fist. And I was ready to jump out of that car and just right. It wasn't like he was walking through the crosswalk, was he? Was he was he in the crosswalk? He when was. This, yeah. when this definitely, John definitely. Things? Sure, sure. But it wasn't like he rolled into the crosswalk. Was it, he, this guy was walking? Yeah. Was it? Can't you see? I'm trying to walk here, pal. It, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was all like right. that. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. But I I, the thing is, and, and John was like, rage. "No, no, no, don't do it." Like, like he, he was like, "Come on, that's not." I could see some rage there. But okay. see, I mean, when I I remember when in Chicago when I was a younger man, I used to take any provocation. Sure. Like I would always wait for someone to do or say something, and then I would always go, "Is this it? Do you want to do this?" And they would always back down. And then I, we moved out here, and I would do that every once in a while. And I think it was Graham said to me, you know, some, you're going to do that, and someone's going to pull out a gun. This is Los Angeles. And I was like, oh, that's right, huh? Yeah. Well, you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, in the theater thing, there was that dude in, was it San Bernardino that got stabbed with a meat thermometer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you are... I mean, that's the thing is, in L.A., you're taking your life in your hands yeah. just because it's crazy shit. You know, you get out and, you know, like, uh, like you know, I'm sure you heard Mike Schmidt's big story about when he beat up a guy's car. Yeah, he, yeah. he The guy, he was out of his car and uh, taking care of business and some guy yelled at him, you stop for that? And Mike came over and was like, what the fuck? And the guy called him a fat fuck and then rolled up his window. <laughs> so Mike, like, started kicking and punching the guy's car. But, you know, that guy could have easily went, fuck this, and pulled out a gun sure. and yeah. shot him right through the window. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yes, he probably would have been wrong to shoot him. No, he would have been wrong. <laughs> I, can tell you, I can tell you for a fact yes. that unless your life is being currently threatened with something equivalent... You know, if someone starts beating you with a tire iron, you pull your gun and you shoot them. All right. You know, if 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 you know if you're in imminent danger, you're like otherwise but, you walk away. Every single situation, exactly. Walk away. Walk but away. it doesn't change the fact that now he's dead with a bullet hole in him. Absolutely. Wrong or oh, right. No, 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 no. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the part. I just you want to get the PSA yeah. out there. That, that's the part you always have to to consider. Like, when, yeah. you remember when Jack Nicholson that big story when he beat up with a guy's car club. with yeah. the golf club? I'm like, that's a great story and all, but who's how does he know that guy didn't have a gun? Some guy's coming at you with a golf sure. club. You have every right to at least pull the well, gun. Well, who was it that, um, what's his name, was in the Lynch movies that got punched in the face for being a dick and died of fucking... Oh, um, I didn't know that was why it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Nance. Jack Nance. Jack head Nance. And he was oh, really? Him. Jack Nance. That's how he died? Yeah, he was like at a donut shop or something and mouthed off to somebody and he got clocked in the head and then went upstairs and had a, you know, hammer. Because he was an old man. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, see, that's it's not really worth it. No, no. Totally. I mean, maybe if you're an old man and you're ready to die, and that's a way to go, <laughs> sure, but... Otherwise, and yeah, and I think about that all the time, you know, yeah. I, I have two kids and sometimes I fucking lose my temper and I'm like, oh, boy, well, it's that bad enough. The right it's, it's bad enough when you're not, when you're not trying to get into a fight, you know, mm-hmm. right. I, I was at a bar, this was years ago, uh, um, I was at a bar drinking and playing pool and I was playing pool and, and, um, just playing with whoever was there and I played pool with this chick and her boyfriend and, I'm a hilarious guy. <laughs> so um, I went outside for some reason and Holmes followed me out and was like, why are you trying to get with my girl? And I'm like, oh. I'm not. And um, he started getting kind of confrontational. And I'm definitely a, you know, about the not fighting unless I absolutely have to. And he walks around to the back of his car and opens the trunk. Oh, shit. And I'm like, fuck, I've got, I've got two choices. I either beat feet or I get up close and see what he's doing. So right. I walk up to him. Luckily, he was, he could pull the shotgun out. He was pulling out a baseball bat. Wow. So I got up really, really close to him and, you know, basically, oh, hey, you know, let's calm this down and, you know, hug this out, basically. <laughs> but, but still, you know, I was minding my own goddamn business. Right. And, you know, I wasn't flirting with this woman and I, but whatever. He felt, know. he felt yeah, threatened. Yeah, he felt, I was stepping on his dick. And, and it's even worse when you're getting in somebody's face and they have a legitimate reason to be, have their hackles up. Yes. But you never know. And you then know. when there's, you know, I mean, you add the fact that there's alcohol involved yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, late yeah. night. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I remember, Vegas. <laughs> I've told this story umpteen times on my show, but I love it. One time. We we were living in Chicago, and Jim had just dyed his hair and made a mess of it. And it was he dyed, he tried to dye it black, and his hands were all black because he didn't use the gloves, and it was patchy, and his hair looked bad anyway. So he looks like a guy trying to escape like a murder rap. Like yeah, a exactly. Bad, like a yeah, bad he's on the run. Yeah. Uh, and so and um and we're hanging out at, at night in, in our neighborhood there in Chicago. We're just walking around, just fucking around, and uh, we walk by this bar, and this dude is sitting on the porch of the bar and he yells nice hair 
And I go, yeah, doesn't he look like an idiot? And the guy goes, I'm talking to you. And I went, what the fuck? <laughs> you can't possibly be talking about my hair. I said, it's me, Jim, and Graham Elwood. And you're talking about me, my fucking <laughs> Are you kidding me? I said, are, I said to him, are you fucking kidding me? And I was wearing these Winnie the Pooh shorts that I had gotten from <laughs> Di- Disneyland that were awesome. They were blue and they had Winnie the Pooh and Tigger on the bottom. And he goes, nice shorts too. And I went, oh, no, you fucking didn't. Talk about my hair, but I'm talking about my shorts. Exactly. I was like, who doesn't love Winnie the Pooh? It was clear he was just being a dick. So I said, I said, come down off that porch, old man, and I'll knock you out. Or else you better shut the fuck up. And he did. He shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> he was just a loudmouth drunk being a jag off. Yeah. But that was, you know, I didn't put up with that kind of nonsense back then. Now I probably would. It's, But it's, I don't know, how often do people, that's the other thing is when people do that, I, I find out here in L.A. when people do that, they're always looking for trouble. Oh, absolutely. No, no. And But usually, I, I think part of it is, depending on the circumstances, I'm usually so like flabbergasted that someone's talking shit like that. Yeah. I, 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 my yes. first reaction is confusion. It's right often laughable. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what? Did you just do what now? What did you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when I was in Phoenix and a young man in my early 20s, I would definitely road rage. But I'm like road raging at people from Phoenix, like in an ATM line or whatever, who are honking <laughs> at me like, I'm not done. I I just got here. Don't mm-hmm. be a jerk. you know. And, and they're not going to do anything because right. it's just whatever. And then... Being you know older now and wiser and being in Los Angeles and knowing that you do not pull that shit. Right, right. I was in. I was leaving. You know, like where the fake gallery is, Melrose and Hilo. Sure. Um, and was leaving that area. I just eaten one of the places there, and this guy basically cuts me off, and I honk at him. Dude, like, sticks his hand out the window and is holding a wrench. <laughs> as if he's, like, going to get out of the car and beat me up with the wrench, I guess. Right. Maybe he was saying, you know, he's a he's a mechanic and he's rushing to the <laughs> Yeah, he's in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have his siren, but he's like, look, I'm a mechanic. I'm on my way. <laughs> like, special mechanic. If he had been a doctor, he would have pulled a, a scalpel in his hand. <laughs> right, I'm, right, right. I'm on my way to surgery. Right, Sorry right. I cut you off. Anything like that. Fireman, he pulls out his hose. Look, <laughs> I'm on my way to put out a fire. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Very on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Go right ahead, sir. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and it's just like, what's the fucking point? What yeah. good is it going to do? I mean, I, I get... And, I get madder at my kids than I do at any stranger. So yeah. I'm like, I just don't have the fucking energy to yell at some stranger for being stupid. I, I think, well, besides besides almost getting to fight in a strip club, I, I, I the last time I actually would have kicked somebody's ass, I mean, really kicked somebody's ass, is, is, is the intersection right by my house is, is a fucked up intersection. It's yeah. a stop sign and then a, a street, blind, you know, street... You you can't if you're at the stop sign you can't really easily see people coming down that yeah the straightaway and every time someone gets in that area it, it's a clusterfuck if two people get there at the same time it's yeah I try to avoid it yeah, yeah absolutely I, it's a stupid it's the stupidest place ever and um, there's also a little U-turn hole right in front of my house right so my mom is driving this big ass you know pickup truck she goes to make her U-turn she has the right of way there's a stop sign there's a little you know She's definitely has the right of way. Some yokel gets cut off at the stop sign and then lays on the horn and is flipping my mom off. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, nice. I'm standing in the front yard and I'm like, motherfucker, that's my mom. God damn it! 
And he turns around and comes and parks in front of my house. And I'm like, he's like, you want something? I'm like, that's my goddamn mother, motherfucker. We, you know, it's like she had the right of way. Don't you fucking traffic laws? I was totally ready to go. I was way ready to go. And I yeah. think he finally realized this guy is just going to come and fucking drag me out of my car and kick the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. And he left. But still, he could have had a gun. And he yeah. would have been totally justified because I was going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, he could have been looking for someone to shoot. That's the other yeah, thing yeah. is if you're, you know, if you got a gun and you want to shoot somebody, it's not hard to find someone who was asking Obliging. to be shot. Yeah, he's a yeah, yeah, you yeah. just You just, you know, drive around L.A., you're going to find somebody. I think that's somebody. the big difference. I think that's that's the big difference is, is I'm not looking for trouble anymore. I, right. There's, there's rare, very rare occasions, and like it happened in New Orleans, where I'm seriously, I would get into a fight. You know, I'm looking to get into a fight. Right. You know. Yeah, it's rare. I mean, the kind of trouble I look for these days are not the violent kind. Absolutely. <laughs> the rare, the rare times when I'm looking for trouble, it's the the more. Uh, uh, getting blown kind right, right, <laughs> that right. kind of trouble right, 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 right. <laughs> the more pleasurable kind more of trouble erotic kind. the erotic kind that's what I meant to say <laughs> exactly I'm looking for the erotic trouble more than the uh, violent kind. and I don't know why but every time I say erotic I have to say it like that <laughs> erotic was it nice. at the no Madonna had a not a book but it was a song I feel like erotica was it I think it was yeah erotic yeah. Erotic, put your hands all over my body. Right. You remember that song Madonna did about sex? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one? Yeah. And there was a video, a sexy video of before yes. it, wasn't there? <laughs> I believe she was I wearing that. crazy clothes. Oh, she right. Crazy clothes in that yeah. One? yeah, yeah. That's oh. when she busted out the new look. Well, and there was a dance move associated with it, yeah. if I remember correctly. <laughs> that's right, I remember that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like all the parodies about it, though. <laughs> Speaking of Madonna and looks, what did you think of... Uh, Lady Gaga's meat dress oh. as a vegan. Yeah, I was not pleased. Really, I, I was. I will fall diametrically opposite here. You were down. <laughs> I'm you, down with that. I'm. I'm I like, wanted to eat it. Anything, it looked good to me. Anything. It's probably the only thing on Lady Gaga I'd want to eat. Hello. <laughs> uh, anything that gets Peter that much of it, into that much of a rhetorical tizzy is. Okay, in my book. I don't understand what's so. I, I thought she was making a statement about meat. Is what I thought. You know, I don't who know. knows whatever she's making a statement about? Why would Peta be so mad about that? Because to me, I think people looked at that and went, "Oh, it's fucking gross." And isn't that what Peta wants people to think when they look at raw meat? Ooh, that's, that's fucking gross. True. I just, I don't know. I don't know if she's a vegetarian or not. Doubtful. Um, yeah. Well, um, I don't know. She's in great shape. I wouldn't be surprised if she's she's probably not vegan. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't eat red meat or. Yeah. Or meat at all. I remember, you know, Graham did this thing, this TV show once where he was like a butcher and he had like meat draped all over him. And he came home and he was like, that was the most disgusting thing I ever did. It stunk and I can still smell it. And that was, he stopped eating meat after that. And then shortly after that, he became vegan. He stopped drinking and, you know, and he's in great shape now. But that's what I find people do when they're around raw meat. They kind of like, this is fucking gross. I don't know. You know, I worked, I worked at a supermarket and I don't, I actually the, but I, I think I have a different relationship to food than a lot of people. I, I yeah. don't, I mean, I really care where my food comes from and mm-hmm. it kind of kills me when I have to buy, you know, shitty factory meat. And right. I'd much rather have, if I, once this podcast money starts rolling in, I'm gonna, <laughs> um, you know, I would much rather have, you know, the free range chicken rather than the of course. factory chicken or whatever. But but I don't have a problem with it. As a matter of fact, I think the going to the Vallarta, it smells like a butcher shop. It's you know they have 
entrails and they're cutting meat right there on the floor. It's not hidden away. I think that's a lot more honest about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the relationship of people with, with their food is just, you know, completely. Yeah. Upset. I mean, I, obviously she just wants to shock people like yeah, she yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. But I find, you know, it, it, because what, I mean, you're, you're a full on vegan yes. and I know it's for, you know, health and moral reasons, but what is, I, Personally, I think PETA is fucked as an organization. I think they're pretty fucked, right. not not because they, of what they believe, but because well, the fact that they believe animals have should have the same rights as humans—that's fucking ludicrous. I, I will, I'll, I'll stop you right here because this is a path we went down on the last episode of Shaky Town, and it just was horrible. I really? promise I will. Okay. As you know, I'm not a. Here's another word I can't say. Cross. Not a prostitute. Proselytizer. Proselytizer. I'm not that either. Right, right. Um, but what is your feeling on PETA this is what I as an organization? First, as far as the meat dress goes, yes, it's the same as wearing fur. I, I just think, oh, animals died for that. Not cool. Okay. Um, but I, if she's making a statement, I understand it was already cut up and in meat, so it's not like she was going to save any animals by not wearing it. Right. So well, I think part of the fur argument is it's redundant and they're killed cruelly as opposed yeah. to humanely. Killed. Right. Floop, floop, humanely. Um, she wore all the parts of the cow. Right. <laughs> like, the, like the Native Americans. <laughs> exactly. 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 As, as far she as, killed the buffalo and wore all the parts of it. <laughs> yep. As far as PETA goes, while I understand that, much like in feminism, you need some agents of extremism to help drag the center into a better place, that's why a lot of today's run-of-the-mill, you know, people, women who are like, oh, yeah, I'm feminist, I guess, whatever. Awesome Um, impression of a woman, by the way. Thank you. And not as sexist at all, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But some of the the women today who don't care about feminism but enjoy the rights that were won, they were won those rights by the ones willing to be extreme feminists. Right, true. Um, Although the whole bra burning thing is a myth, no bras have actually been burned like People say there were. What? Uh, yeah, I, I'll look that up in a second and explain that. <laughs> is that um, on Wikipedia? What about all those cartoons I see of women burning their bras? <laughs> exactly. When, and during, uh, when there's a women's lib article. What happened there? They actually dissolved them in, a, in an acid bath. <laughs> <laughs> Much more complicated. It didn't read as well. It's dangerous, too. It's dangerous. <laughs> see, they're willing to go to the, to the line for acid feminism. all over the place. Um, quick tangent, yeah. The 1968 Miss America pageant is where they say the bra burning began. It was the same time as people were burning their draft cards. Okay. And so something kind of like... So women. There was brawless feminists and writers. Yeah, they conflated kind of the thing. Yeah. So, so the women, being afraid they would be drafted, <laughs> started to burn their bras. So what? everyone would know that they had I don't breasts? get it. Brody, you've confused the issue I, even further. Yes. Um, those extreme, so-called extreme feminists... Loop, loop. Thank you. Drag, that's our air quote song, sound, uh, help drag the center into a, a better place for women. Mm-hmm. So it, to some extent, yes, PETA by being extremists are actu- are at least provoking a dialogue and dragging but the center. But they're stupid. But let me, let me, let me, yeah, here's the problem. <laughs> I wish that there were more, a more sensible uh, form of Somebody being doing the rhetoric more sensible. See, this is my point with with because all... I think I do think animal rights is good. I do think, and I do know that in some countries they have, you know, they're looking for like primates and apes to have as the same rights as human beings. I know there's a lot of implications to that because, like, you know, what if a monkey goes crazy and bites off somebody's face? 
you know, what do you do then? Do you put him in stir <laughs> prison? Yeah. Do you have stir. a trial? Right, Monkey with right. a shiv, man. Monkey with a shiv. So that would he be could a work in the li- he could work in the prison library, though. <laughs> totally, totally. Or the, like or the Shawshank, cafeteria. The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> There's definitely a dialogue that should be had. But when PETA does things like... <laughs> monkey gotta get on living or monkey gotta get on dying. <laughs> the best part is when you go to that house and there's a, it says Jingles was here just, in the just, banister. Just a hand-printed feces. <laughs> <sighs> and then I can't make it on the inside. Bongo <laughs> was here too. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Red goes to the can, goes to where the can is buried, and there's nothing but a banana in there. That's right. <laughs> and of course, the monkey thought he's leaving a treasure. It's just a fucking banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you were saying the, the rhetoric the rhetoric is well yeah here's the problem ridiculous. when they when they do stuff like diminish the importance of the lessons of the holocaust and things like that by invoking right right hitler or not like, like in any political argument yes. where godwin's law comes into effect you totally yeah you have to step away and just go yeah, that's the, yeah. The, this conversation is over because when you're gonna you are dumb. Hitler, you are dumb. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's yeah. it's that's the thing is is so that's why you hear a lot of the, vegans I say, guess, "Hey, I'm vegan. I agree with what Peta says. I'm not a member of Peta, and I, it's not cool." I guess the good. I guess well, the 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 good thing for Peta is not a lot of people have critical thinking skills in this country. So when you say ridiculous shit, I mean ridiculous shit immediately puts a flag up for me. Because yeah, I look at this, like, dead meat crawling in maggots and things like that, and I'm like, well, geez, no, because I'm sure that meat was in a fridge, yeah. and they threw it on her, and then she took it off five minutes later. Do you have any idea how long it takes flies to get on the meat, lay eggs? Right. And you have no idea. You know, your rhetoric is retarded. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah, and if it's covered, like, I mean, we all saw 30 Days, and he show, you know, he put that hamburger in the glass for, you know, like weeks. and yeah. Perfectly fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong. I'm sure it tasted like shit, but yeah, yeah, it would have killed you. <laughs> Microbially, it fucking sucks. Exactly. Now, while I'm not trying to equate animal rights and veganism with the civil rights movement, I do want to make a comparison as far as this goes. Um, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson are not the end all and be all of the civil rights movement or any attempt by African Americans to be empowered. But they are certainly are the most rhyming side of it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> They're definitely the most famous, and they have said messed up things. They have said anti-Semitic things yeah. in their past, and, you know, <laughs> definitely for sure. That doesn't mean they're wrong about the other stuff. So, yes, PETA is messed up, and no, PETA is not the end-all, be-all of animal rights and veganism, and they do messed up things. That doesn't mean that everything they say is wrong. So yeah, yeah, that's agreed. But but it's but I think I think it's an it's an indicator of the of the level of of rhetoric and and the idea that demagoguery is right Mm -hmm. is is something that sticks in my crop. The song on this episode is TV Casualty by The Misfits. They have a very confusing discography. This track alone appears on three different Misfits releases. For a shot at getting every recording of every song, you need the coffin shaped box set. You need a CD called Static Age, most of which was on the box set, but not all of it. A CD called Walk Among Us, none of which was on the box set. Well, some of the songs, but not those versions. And you need to track down the never-released 12 Hits from Hell. Some of those tracks ended up on some things, 
Basically, just get everything with Glenn Danzig's name on it and ignore everything that the band put out after Glenn Danzig left. Okay, back to the conversation. You've been doing your podcast for 206 episodes now? Yeah. I was going to say 206 years, and I'm like, it's <laughs> a long right. time, yeah. Well, we're up to 210, actually. I mean, it's not, probably by the time this is on, it'll, 210 will be up. Okay. Right? We'll be up. Yeah, it's just over 200. We've been doing it for a long time. We do it on a weekly basis that uh, it tends to catch up on you. There's yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah, you were definitely the the first podcast that I listened to. <laughs> really? Ever. Wow. Yeah. Before Never Not Funny even? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, wow. I didn't even know what a podcast was until I moved here, and that was four years ago. I think I listened to Ricky Gervais stuff first. Okay. Yeah. When I, well, when I got, I remember when I, when I first got my iPod, I was like, you know, whenever I get any gadget, my first thought is, what is everything I can do with this? I want to be able to utilize this gadget in every way possible. So, you know, when I plugged it in and then iTunes came up and I was like, oh, what's this? What are all these things? And I did the same thing when, you know, podcasts and I was like, oh, what is this? And I, and I listened to a few Ricky Gervais's and I was like, this is the funniest fucking thing ever. And so I downloaded a bunch of stuff, even some of the old radio show that yeah, they yeah, did yeah, yeah. with Me those too. guys, yeah. which somebody had was nice enough to put like they uh, put it on the web and cut out all the music. Yep, <laughs> this is awesome. So I listen to all that shit, so and you then just have to hear the intros and outros for the <laughs> yeah, and they come back and go brilliant, brilliant song, that's Coldplay, brilliant. Um, but uh, but then I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, and so I would listen to like you know these two guys who do a Lost podcast. I'd listen and go, ah, that was all right, boring. And I'd pick and choose. And then Jimmy started doing his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, it was like, well, this is what podcasting should be. And he really set the tone. And, you know, and I had heard, you know, a lot of people had told me, you should do a podcast. But I, I wasn't interested. And, of course, I had no idea how. And so I thought, well, that would be a cool thing. And I taught myself how to make the feed and all that stuff, which is the hardest part of doing a podcast. Because yeah. any idiots can well, say now it's now it's stupid easy, though. Yeah, if you, there's programs that will do it for you. But I was like, let me figure out how to do this. And, you know, because I produce it by myself. I don't have a producer. You know, and like all some of the, the better podcasts, they, you know, they have someone who just does all the work. Right. You know, obviously Jimmy, Jimmy's podcast wouldn't be anywhere without Matt Belknap. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, so I, I did all that stuff by myself. And I was like, well, I got to do it with Jim, you know, to help out. And uh, and uh, and it was it was fun. And, you know, I get a lot of I always say, you know, I get a lot of people complain about the quality, the sound quality. Or, you know, buzzing. Sometimes a show, is there's a fuck up in it and whatever. But I'm like, I'm not going to put, I'm sorry, I can't put that much work into it. Because <laughs> the minute I put enough work into it that it becomes a drag, I'm going to quit. Right. That's yeah. because I've never once asked for people to, you know, send me money for it. I don't expect people to pay for it. Uh, you know, we try to have like bonus content that people can buy. It's very cheap. But, you know, I don't, I don't ask people to donate money and I would never sell the podcast, you know, and they're all, every episode is somewhere out there on the ethernet for free to be downloaded, whether it's on my feed or not. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's that quality. You get what you paid for when it comes to the podcast. I think, you know, in terms of entertainment quality, it's better than most because it, it is, it is pretty funny stuff. And, you know, but like I said, the minute it gets to be a drag is when I'm going to quit. And, you know, I've said that from the beginning and Jim is very little help when it comes to shit like that. He, you know, he tried to do his own podcast and it failed miserably because he couldn't figure out how to do the feed and all that shit. So, you know, I'm doing all that stuff myself. So, if, you know, and I know that's, you know, a big reason why I don't have, you know, I have just over 500 listeners 
or subscribers, you know, officially from what I can tell. And that's a modest number in terms of podcasting, but I like it in the sense that those people are regular listeners. They know what they're going to hear. And, um, I can, uh, they're, you know, they know what to expect and they're, you know, they're like, you know, they're regulars. It's like, uh, they're like cheers. They're coming to cheers to listen to the podcast and they're not going to complain about this or that, or they'll say, you know, this was a great, that guy was a great guest or this was an amazing thing that I heard. And what about this thing and talk about that? So, you know, it's almost like a niche, a niche podcast where people, you know, want, want to hear specific stuff. So it's the water feature. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess it would be great to have it, you know, be, uh, get a million listeners and be number one on iTunes and, you know, and be super popular. But I always think, you know, uh, who has gotten famous from their podcast? You know, even Jimmy Pardo, as great as he is, not just as a podcaster, but as a comedian. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? He still is basically undiscovered in the world of, in the mainstream entertainment, you know, like Zach Galifianakis just last year became famous. Right. You know what I mean? He's he's now uh you know now he's a word. Yeah, now he's a household word and he's in every fucking movie that's coming out now, which is great. But uh but I mean I remember when I used to be on Boston Common with him, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we were nobody knew who who we were. And you you say, wow, he's an overnight sensation. Well not quite. (laughs) But it happened it happened over a night. It, it certainly did. Yeah, happened. The, the night that the Hangover yeah, opened. Exactly the premiere of the Hangover. I'm still waiting for you know that the Hangover fame to hit uh, hit the the Brody Stevens. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll have a bigger part in the Hangover too. Right, right. <laughs> but that's yeah, that's a good thing when when one of your friends gets famous, like uh, you know, you get to be famous along with them. <laughs> you show how you how you stood by them, yeah. but you know, and 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 like and Paul F. Tompkins, you know, he just started doing a podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. which is you know, which is super cast. funny. But yeah, he, uh, you know, again, not not super famous because of it. And you go, know, you look and go, why is Paul F. Tompkins not super famous? Right. You know, he's one of the funniest comedians in the world. Oh yeah, no, I would I would definitely place him in at least the top five. But the um uh. <clears throat> Podcasting is not a way to get famous. I, I say it's just like like in the old days when we were young and growing up, we would write poetry or write in a diary in a way to get our uh, id out and be creative. Podcasting is the best way, at oh, least yeah. for me, yeah. because it's a way I can I can say whatever I want without fear of uh, you know retribution or you know it's my show and I really don't care what anyone says. There's no censoring, yeah. and I can talk about anything that happens on a weekly basis and. You know, and you know, and if along the way people are entertained by it or uh, educated by it, or you know, uh, like when the whole Leno thing happened, I was like, oh, here's my opinion," and some people were interested in that. So there you go, and uh, you know, and uh, the, I don't know, there's something to be said for a legacy. You know, maybe a million years from now, someone will listen or or watch. You know, some of the shit we did and talked about, and they'll go, "Oh, look at this guy talking about Conan O'Brien, talking about President Conan O'Brian. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that funny?" What Emperor he's talking Conan about? the First. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and I think that's the. I mean, the whole charter. Again, yeah. If it's not fun, then I mean, we. I think we've had this the post show discussion. Brody and I have had the post show discussion every single time, where it's like, "Wow, that was really good." You know, it's like it's this is better. Every every show is better than the last one, and. You know, it's like we're just totally. It's 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 about talking to people that we we find interesting about stuff. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, yeah you you can't. I mean, 
I think I'll, I, I make jokes about it, but, but yeah, it's who cares what happens with this? I mean, it's like we just do the best job we can and, and, and talk to people that interest us. And yeah, and it's good. And every once in a while you find, you know, the personal pleasure you get out of it. Every once in a while <laughs> you get something really fun out of it, whether it's a great guest who yeah. you've always wanted to talk about yeah, yeah. or you get a letter from some fan or, you know, you get invited to do something special because someone heard it. You know, and those are just perks that make the whole thing worthwhile. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely it's it's such an interesting it's such an interesting form of communication, and it, I don't know if there's ever really. I've been trying to think of whether this. <laughs> Can we talk about what's happening? Yes. <laughs> Why? My mom is doing things in the bed. If you don't know, Jane's mother is in the room. Do you think they can hear that, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely? Because I can hear it. Oh, okay. There's no wall between the kitchen and... and That's awesome. There's no wall there. See, when we first started doing our podcast, I thought it would be interesting to do it from different locations. Right. I remember a lot of different locations. We had portable equipment, and um, it turned out everyone hated that. (laughs) Because <laughs> we would do it in an outside that location. That was one of Brody's first ideas. Yeah, it would, we'd do it at an outside location. They're like, yeah, a lot of fire trucks that <laughs> And, uh, oh, boy, that wind was pretty strong that day you guys did that, so we stopped well, doing we do that. it outside sometimes. It's sheltered from the wind, but we do have the airplanes that fly over regularly. Yes, here in Burbank, that's regularly. a problem. Yeah. It's funny, even with the double the double windows. Although it did still. significantly right. reduce the the noise, we've had this. I think we've actually had this discussion <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, but it's definitely. Um, um, I, I, we we talked about our our you know our influences as far as it goes. And it's also a great way to promote any other crap you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You, you've, you've uh, maintained a very active um, stand-up career. You, you go on tours, you um, and you're able to promote that through the show. Yeah, it's nice. And, you know, and Jim was always, you know, kind of, you know, he's always kind of dabbled in stand-up comedy, but hasn't really gotten serious. Now, you know, that he's in his 40s, he's, like, really serious about it. And he uses the podcast as a way to talk about it and try out jokes and tell people where he's performing and get feedback from people. And, you know, and I see, you know, a huge, a, a huge difference in, in what he does. You know, for me, it's, I, I mainly just like, cause I can just talk about stories, you know, I'll, it's, I'll say this when I, you know, I started my podcast right before my marriage fell apart and you can, you can basically hear the entire story of my marriage ending and me getting divorced and splitting and being depressed and dating and then finding a girlfriend and moving in with her. That entire story is spelled out on my podcast over 200 episodes. It really is. It's the tale of the human condition. It really is. (laughs) And some guy said to me, he's like, you know, I really used to love the podcast when you were really bitter and used to complain (laughs) about stuff. They said, I guess now that you have a girlfriend, it's, you're much happier, but it's just not as funny as it was. (laughs) And I'm like, well, yes, that that's kind of what happens, you know. <laughs> but I, you know, when back in when I in the day, you know, I was I was so supremely depressed and frustrated with dating, and you know, some days I just if it wasn't for the podcast, I would have nothing to look forward to. You know, now things are going pretty well for me, and so uh, it's you know it's not as bad, but still, I like it because I can tell funny stories about my kids and this thing and we went to see Ringo Starr and check out this thing that happened and and it's always fun and it also gives me I'm sure just like you guys it's you look forward to the one time a week when you get together with your friends and joke around and and it's a social thing and so you know and it's great because then people all over the world can then get together with their friends I hear from people all all the time who say it's like hanging out with buddies 
you know, listening to your show. You know, the only difference is they can't participate. They it's can a only party listen. in my eardrums. As opposed to the one in your mouth, right? Because <laughs> right. I hear everybody came. But <laughs> uh, it's gonna be some fighting. Guess. Now, wasn't there also a party in my pants? A party in my pants. Yeah, you had a ball, right? <laughs> it happened. Who was invited? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, Comedy. but that conversational style of of, of of podcast is just like, you know, I, I think it's fascinating and, and funny. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. It's funny to me because I'll listen to some podcasts and I could maybe some people find it interesting, but like I'll get to and go, oh my God, how can people listen to this? <laughs> this is so amazingly fucking boring. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. Or some people who do podcasts where they read something they've written, uh, like it's a it's a vocal uh, like a report mm-hmm. that they're that they're doing, and I'm like, <laughs> this is so horrible. Why would you want to listen to this? But then at the same time, you get stuff. Uh, people have these greatest. Well, like Brian Scalero used to do this podcast that was like a written sketch thing, and Feldman does that on his right. podcast, yeah. and the stuff is hysterical. Well, Paul, Paul Tompkins is doing that, too. right? And it's really funny stuff. Yeah. But then at the same time, like I did Feldman's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it, the stuff that they wrote was all super funny. But then, uh, and then it would play songs and funny. But then him and I got up, and he asked me trivia questions, and we just kind of shot the shit. And it was and it was great, and it was a lot of fun. And I'm like, and there's that's the thing is there's so many opportunities for the different things you can do. You know, if you <clears throat> if you're a musician or if you're a yeah. comedian or a writer or whatever, you know, you can the the media is you know is whatever you want to make of it. And, you know, and sometimes p- people use all, people do it all forms. Here's a song and here's my review of this thing. And, you know, here's an interview with this guy and they do the whole thing. And yeah. and it's awesome. It's always what you make of it. That's why some of my favorite podcasts are the ones where people just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> where they think. Oh, then we must be your absolute. <laughs> yeah, 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 you guys, why aren't we number one on iTunes? <laughs> because everyone's not here. But like the guys who just think, okay, well, let's just talk about whatever. And it's just two dudes who are uninteresting, who have nothing going on, <laughs> who are just shooting the shit with each other. And they think, oh, this is what a podcast is. And that's always funny. Uh, I, there was this one podcast I used to listen to because like the reality podcast. And these two guys talk about the wrap up the weekly reality shows. Oh, Jesus. And it was so bad because, I mean, it was bad enough that it was such a niche thing because right, right. they would only talk about reality shows. But they'd make like comments that they thought were so clever about the Survivor contestants and stuff. <laughs> and one, I remember one time one guy said something about uh, his mom writing his name in his underwear. That was like a joke he made. And the, and, and the other guy starts to talk, and the guy goes, "What? you didn't like my joke? You didn't really laugh at my joke about the name in my underwear? And I was like, oh, really? That that was your big joke of the show? You were wow. trying to get a reaction from that? I just want some notes. And the guy's I just, like, I just want some notes on that. The, guy, the best part is the other guy goes, no, no, it was funny. Oh, okay, well, that's the reaction I'm sure he was going for. <laughs> he wanted someone to say, very funny. Well done, wow. sir. <laughs> what did I, I can't remember what I was talking about, but uh, it was something on... Or maybe Facebook, where or I can't remember. It was a, this is going to be one of those th- these things that are boring and uh, funny? Uh, <laughs> where where I, I'm like the guy that uh, sits back in the back of the room and goes, "That's funny. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well done, sir. Well, I, that's I, the reaction you're going for. I guess so. Is, is me is is the not even the golf clap, just sort of the nod at the back. I remember one time I, this, this some I girl was, you said something. I don't know who I. It was Chris Hardwick's girlfriend. I don't know if they're still dating, but she was telling jokes. And she was saying how she was at a show, and this woman yells out, That makes me laugh! 
Yes. She's like, well, then why aren't you laughing? You actually, I'd prefer you actually laugh then instead of yell. That makes me laugh. So the whole night, that's all I did. Every joke, any funny joke, that makes me laugh. That's what I love. Like, um, whenever I do a show with Mike and his producer, Lily. She she never laughs at my stuff, and it, uh, I always find it so funny because, of course, she cackles. Oh yeah, well that's the running thing. It's she, like it's got to be fake. It's got to be fake. Yeah, she cackles at his stuff, and and you know she's being supportive and she's enjoying herself. But like she produced my two hundredth show, did not laugh once. Didn't laugh once the whole night. Well, she's obviously all laughed out at Schmidt. <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> but she's like, and then we did. You know, he was trying out. Uh, he did like a workshop of his one man show, and I, I I helped him do it. And me and Scott Boxenbaum did told some jokes before him. And uh, and I got up and I told jokes. Lily did not not once didn't <laughs> crack a, a peep nothing out of her. And I always say it's so great because she'll go. I'll ask her what do you think. She'll go that, that was good. That's funny. But because if you go to Mike's iTunes page, like every bad review oh, says. Yeah. I can't handle the cackling woman. She's like, that's the only reason people don't listen, which I think is hilarious. No, they keep, but they keep listening and bitching about it. Because I, I used to watch, listen from the very beginning when right. he had the other producer, and I thought it was good. I was like, I like Lily because she's like his audience, and she mm-hmm. clearly made him open up yep. yeah. and talk to her, and it was great for the show. But so many people were like, I can't listen to that anymore. And you know, I would have never, I would have never even noticed it had he not mentioned. That people bitched about. It. Yeah, I mean, I never noticed it. I get it, it, but I don't have a. I like you know. Yeah. I li- also because I know Lily, so I always can put a face with her laugh and, sure. and stuff. So I can it's picture more personal. her. It's more personal. I can picture her laying on the bed and doing what she does. So I, that probably would be a problem. Yeah. People not being able to picture. <laughs> yeah, her but still, I mean, I I I I know her roundabout. People I know know her. I don't know her personally. Also, it's easy to see her picture online. It's oh, not yeah, like I, she's I, a mystery I, it's not like I haven't. Yeah, no. I, I, I we've mean, all... She, the t-shirt stuff. She did the t-shirt. Yeah, we've all Googled her picture and her <laughs> yeah. last pictures and we, stuff. So of course we have. Um, <laughs> but, uh... For erotic purposes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Most definitely. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's... it's. I, I just... I would have never... Well, it's funny because... Um, uh, when when uh, Tompkins podcast hit the front page of iTunes, there were just like a bunch of like these one star reviews of like Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is funnier. And it's like that's the it Mike. It's like the most yeah, Mike gets that all the time shit. too. It's like it's not a competition. Yeah. If anything isn't a competition, it's podcast. Yeah, yeah totally. It's yeah. the least any literally anyone it's can like, do it. It's like rooting. It's like <laughs> it's like being a super fan for someone in the Special Olympics. It really, <laughs> it totally is. It's totally like do you understand that this is a format where anybody can do whatever they want, and you don't need to like. Yeah, be a boost. You could be a booster. That's fine, but, yeah. but it's not like in your face, other slower, retarded people. Yeah, right. I mean, never mind the fact that. that never mind the fact that Adam Carolla is not funnier than anybody in the world. <laughs> Putting that aside, then if you think he's so great, go listen to him. Adam Carolla. I have to say, there are moments where Adam Carolla is. A fucking genius. Yeah, he's certainly made me laugh in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the whole, well, the Jimmy Kimmel doing the Adam Carolla impression <laughs> was one of the funniest things because it totally it made me realize why I think Carolla can be hilariously funny. Yeah. You know, so Adam, Adam Carolla can talk about any subject. I used to love him on Love Line, actually. Oh, yeah, 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 really yeah, yeah, and, and, uh, and, 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 and the Kevin and Bean stuff. But, but, um, but the Jimmy Kimmel, the, the Adam Carolla can talk about anything. It's like, 
What about bendy straws? Oh, you know the problem with bendy straws. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I think it was was it was something where they were both on, and he said, you know, you you can talk about anything, and you can talk about what about doors? Well, you know, I got pull and push, and they all start with P, and you look at him, and it's just like he can do ten Jeez. minutes of ranting about and funny, relatively funny, but but yeah, it's like, but who cares? Go ahead, listen to his show; yeah. it's great, and don't review someone else's. And I think the iTunes review thing says, you know, don't. Compare, you know. I think that I, I remember there's something fairly explicit. Why, that why says, would you want to do that? Don't why promote would you other want... podcasts or bad mouth, you know. Yeah, why hand. would you want it? It makes zero sense it's totally, to, it's totally... to say this podcast isn't good because it's not as good as this other podcast, right? I, I, it's only if, like, like if it's almost like a stern thing, like when people. You know, they try to get on TV and say, how are doing rules and stuff like that right, right, right. to get on the show. It's almost like they think that that Corolla is going to say, hey, listen to this review of this other guy's podcast <laughs> and read it. But he doesn't do that. Right, right, right. right. I mean, I could see that being a reason to do it, but and it, more the point, it doesn't, doesn't give, happen. doesn't give a shit. Yeah, that's the other thing. He doesn't give a fuck. You can subscribe to Shaky Town Radio on iTunes. Simply search for Shaky Town Radio. You can visit our constantly updated blog at shakytownradio.com. Our Facebook fan page link can be found there, or you can simply go to facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Our Twitter address is at shakytownradio. Our email address is shakytownradio at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 6666-SHAKE or 6666-4253. That's the same number. So, Paul, what do you have coming up in October? Um, well, um, I was talking to the other Fancy Ketchup guys, Jim and Tom and, and John, and we'll, uh, we'll probably be doing some Halloween shows. Um, every Halloween, sometimes we like to get together and do Halloween stand-up comedy. Our characters, Jeff Wolfworthy and Sea Creature the Entertainer and uh, guys like that. And we just do we, we do stand-up at different shows around town. So I just was sending out emails about that. So we'll do some scary Halloween shows, and you can, you can uh, check the Facebook page uh, around L.A. If you're in L.A., come and, and check us out doing that. Um, my kids want to have a Halloween party, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I should do that. What day is Halloween with you? It's, uh, 31st? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, right towards the end of October. What date is it? <laughs> Jackass. I don't know. I think it's a, a Monday, maybe. Is it a shitty? Well, I'm saying it's a shitty Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It's a Sunday. Is oh, it? A holy day. Even worse. Even worse. Um, but that's going on, and um, hopefully we'll be starting Stupid for TV soon. Uh, we were supposed to start it uh, tomorrow, but I don't think it's going to happen. But they're very busy in the Stupid for uh, – they just started Stupid for Football, uh, and they got Kurt's uh, – what's name? Kurt Smith's show, which is very popular over there. So uh, hopefully uh, by midseason we'll have Stupid for TV up over there at the uh, garage. We should, we should pitch us Stupid for Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of stupid idiots oh, man, on. Just, That'd be a great uh, show. I kill myself. I thought you were already doing that. With oh. That. oh shit, bro! What are you with doing peanut and uh... peanut? That's right. Uh, and of course, you can always listen to my podcast, the Paul Goble Show. Highly recommend. Uh, you can get it on iTunes or at my website, thekingoftv.com. Oh, and I started doing a new thing. If you haven't already seen it, you know, on my website, I have a pick for what you see, what you can watch every day. But I started doing, uh, instead of just uh, having a picture and a, a link to whatever show, I now have a little movie, a little, like, maybe 30-second review of uh-huh. me talking about the show awesome. up there, what you should watch. And I put, sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're they're stupid. Very nice. And Many have, times they're both. You have a Twitter account, too, to keep Yes, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Paul Goebel Show. 
and I tweet stuff and Tom tweets stuff and pick funny pictures we see. Oh, and I also started a new a new one, uh, shit my dog takes, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, it's at shit my dog takes, and I just tweet pictures of dog shit. So we should expect seeing that in the uh, the that's 2011 the, lineup. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a new CVS show. I'm trying to get as many followers as I can. Yeah. So follow me at shit my dogs. It wouldn't be the first time network. Why didn't they name? Why didn't they name that show? Shat my dad says. Well, it's why didn't they or why, why did, didn't they? It's because Shatner. Yeah, Shatner. Well, because he's I think he's not Shatner on the show. I know. Well, it's actually S ampersand star dollar right, sign right, right. my dad says. No, so yeah. I think in the industry they call it bleep my dad says. Oh. But Shatner says shit. He says it's not feces my dad says. It's like stuff. Like get your shit together. It's, that's what it means. Shatner's very zen about it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can do that. And of course you can be my friend on Facebook and you can uh, friend the show. Be a friend of Paul Goble and the Paul Goble show on Facebook. And uh, you know, you'll get updates that way and funny videos. And you can always buy our funny uh, hilarious bonus content videos are uh, 99 cents each or 5 for $4 or 10 for $7. How much is that, Gene? It's... <laughs> God damn it! You knew if you'd asked me, I'd know. I know, that's it, why I asked I shake my fist every time. That's 0.7 of a dollar. That's right. God per, damn it! Point it's 70 seven. cents. Well, that's what he, isn't that what he said? 0.7? Isn't that 70 uh-huh. cents? Yeah, uh-huh. one, one 70 cent coin will buy you one of those. That's right. The other thing that pisses me off is when people don't grasp the concept of Jim's mashups. Now, I can understand if it's just a bad mashup and they're like, I Some people it. just don't get it. Right. They can't get behind it. But it's funny because I was talking to Josh Fatem, who just was on our show, and I explained it to him by using Jim's most recent Lieutenant Columbine. <laughs> and, uh, and Josh is like, oh, so it'd be like... Uh, so you were wearing a trench coat and he like did it. He totally did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was brilliant. And I was like, you got it exactly right. But then he couldn't guess what Jim was doing in the show. <laughs> but some people can do them, but they don't quite get what's going on. But it's funny. Cause then like people like you or Mike Schmidt or Jake Heath will be on and they look forward to it the whole time. And oh, they, yeah. they're like, always want to guess it. So I think that's all. That's all my plugs. Cool. That's everything except for the butt plug that I'm currently wearing. How you doing? There you go. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Ah, yeah. oh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm glad. Brody, I was skeptical. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Not at all. Not at least. Well, this is good because I can just walk. I it's 20 minutes away from my house, and now I can but walk I'm back. Sure. That's like four minutes by. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I considered riding my bike, but yeah. it was a nice day. So I decided I'd walk right yeah. by the junior high and cruise chicks. Well, I'll say this publicly. Um, I'll, I'll, I won't admonish you for chick watching. No, no. This is are, you a, are you going to serve in papers? <laughs> You're under arrest. Record? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm afraid. No, but I <laughs> have the rights to remain silent. Anything <laughs> you say can't will be held against you in court of law. I did want to say, having lived here for about four years now and having met Paul through mutual friends, Paul's been uh, a very good friend, uh, one of the first friends I made uh, since I moved to LA, and I appreciate it. Uh, and appreciate everything you do for the podcasting community. <laughs> you say that to every guest, though. <laughs> Everyone who has guest a podcast. Everyone who has a podcast. Well, that's good that you only have podcasts. Is this a podcast about podcasts? Ooh, meta. Is it? Mm. Well, last week kind of was. Last week, yeah, because, well, yeah, we had Steph on for yeah, comedy and everything else. Uh, but, no, we, we, we get a, a wide variety of interests and guests on the show. But, uh, you know, obviously it skews towards comedians. It certainly skews towards comedy because we know comedy people. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's mostly about shaky towns. 
It is. It really is. We didn't touch on the shaky town this week. <laughs> no, well, we we, kinda, we got distracted. <laughs> Next week. We did talk about how it's nice to live in Burbank. And now, are you going to go see that Ben Affleck movie, The Shaky Town? No, is that the one? Is that... <laughs> Someone on Twitter, the best, the best review of that is, "We get it. You're from Boston." <laughs> <laughs> I saw John Hamm on a Daily Show. He said, "Going to Boston with Ben Affleck is really something everyone should do." <laughs> said it really. You never get the idea of opening doors until you're in Boston with Ben Affleck. It's like every, any place he wants to go, right, he right. walks in, and women throw their vaginas at him, <laughs> which bars, they could do in Boston, in apparently. Boston, yeah, bars throw drinks at. At him. Everybody nice. wants to be his Guys, best friend. Yeah, plastic surgeons throw hair plugs at him. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, Affleck! I'm not afraid to take, take that, on, Affleck. I'm not afraid to take on Hollywood movers and shakers. That's going to make him sad when later on when he's having sex with Jennifer Garner. <laughs> you mean, see, I wanted to start the rumor that uh, she was originally Jeff Garner. I don't know who that is. No, Jeff. That she was a dude. Oh, that she was a dude. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. It's the 21st century. I know. So you're no saying that she, you're saying, saying you want to start a rumor that she was cisgendered? Oh no, transgendered, right? And not cisgendered. Not cisgendered. Yeah, I found Very a way nice. to bring that up. Very good, Paul. Well, well this you're is, learning. You're learning. This is <laughs> what I do. I learn, I'm a learner. Ah, uh, well, uh, this is this has been great. Yeah, uh, it was a great time. Pleasure's all mine. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, do you want you you take this out? Until next time, our shaky town friends. We leave you. Okay, I'm Brody Foster Howard. <laughs> I'm just, I had to point at you. How unprofessional. He's looking for a cue. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> I'm Gene George. And I'm Paul Goble, and I'm going to go fuck myself. <laughs> Indeed you do.